Hey, this is the uh, regular host, Mike. Um, no ties to the organization official, like uh, any official ties to the organization or anything like that, the Islanders organization. So um, <clears throat> just like a regular fan. Um, I uh, am unable to be on the, the show tonight, and Desmond wanted me to uh, share a little anecdote with you guys and, and basically uh, just let you know that I'm, I'm, I'm on the IR tonight and I'm, I'm cheering from the sideline and, uh, and I, I, I hope you can pull out the win, but I know that's going to be a little tough without me. Um, so the, uh, the little gamesmanship between Bruce Cassidy and uh, Barry Trotz on the, uh, in, in, in regard to the uh, <clears throat> penalty situation, the, the disparity in penalty minutes, this is something that um, my, my dad uh, kept all of the uh, newspaper articles from when the Islanders went on their four cup runs. And I remember reading back on uh, that first Islanders Oilers uh, Islanders sweep for that fourth Stanley Cup. Uh, Glenn Sather was the Oilers head coach, and uh, they the uh, him and Al Arbor had a little bit of a back and forth uh, in similar fashion to Cassidy and Trotz regarding the officiating, and very specifically Billy Smith uh, kind of bullying Wayne Gretzky, and um, uh, just a similar similar type scenario that uh, I guess you know, has forever been in the game, but we, we don't realize it because of the era that we grew up watching, or maybe if you were older, you remember it. I don't know. Maybe you don't. Um, let's go Islanders. Uh, and if I have to give a serious prediction, it's Islanders in five, by the way. Let's go. Wow. So, you know, playoffs crazy, of course, you know, through the Island podcast, episode 22, uh, Islanders won again, by the way. Um, and, you know, it's been a crazy run. Not everybody makes it to every game, you know, and uh, for this episode, we've we've lost uh, Mike um, for the episode. Uh, you know, um, he uh, said something about is going to give the corporate money. Um, this is co-host uh, Mike, to be clear, corporate co-host Mike. Uh, he had this a big, he had these like two briefcases of money that he had, he was going to bring to uh, the the referees from Game Five. So you know he couldn't make it, but you know a deal's a deal. So um, but you know it's playoffs, and 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 you know sometimes you got to uh, you got you you need you need a deep bench. You got to bring some people up, and I, I think uh, I think you know. You know, our, our, the, the new, the hot tag uh, that, that we're about to, uh, you know, uh, tee up here. Introduce yourselves, your podcast, what you are drinking right now, and what you've listened to since game six uh, to hype yourself up about the state of the Islanders. Go. Me first? I'm going to go first because you were, you were silent. So you take it. Ooh, attention. <laughs> uh, my name is Tom Vicario, and I am a proud member of the Bar Down Breakdown podcast. Uh, you can find us wherever you find podcasts, or don't. That's fine. You know, I don't care what you do. I- I'm uh, I'm going I'm going tweener here. Um, oh, but but uh, no. Um, super super pumped uh, to be chilling with you guys. Uh, Love what you're doing, Des. Um, appreciate you asking me to be on. 
Um, so what I'm drinking right now out of this bottle that has this Joe Biden sticker that says, will you shut up, man? Will you shut up, man? I am drinking. Uh, I see. I couldn't get my hands on Pepsi blue. I tried. I tried to find it. Uh, Florida, apparently, uh, if it's blue, uh, it's, it's not it's not in Florida. I heard about uh, which that. is which is what I've learned. Uh, only only in certain places. But so I am drinking a little bit of uh, a little bit of diet iced tea. So a little bit of vodka. Uh, nice. Enjoying myself. Uh, totally pumped about the game six win. And uh, pretty much all I've been listening to uh, to pump myself up uh, for the upcoming series with the lightning is just straight from the path. That's all. That's all I've been listening to just over and over again. Just listening baby. to that's a fourth the, line type. Uh, just just like the breakdown and Damien just constantly just get getting ready to smash things and people. So that's what I'm doing. Pump, <laughs> pump to chat, man. Let's do it. My name is Ryan Doyle. I am a co-host of the most electrifying must-listen-to sports entertainment podcast, uh, and that would be Filthy Fucking Casuals. You can find us at anchor.com slash filthy-fn-casuals, and uh, it's a goddamn pleasure to be here today. Uh, I am a big fan of Through the Island. Uh been wanting to hop on ever since uh, Desmond was uh, had the pleasure of coming on our show, and I wanted to return the favor to him. And uh, go check that episode, by the way. Very, very good. Social Justice Warriors, I believe, is the title of the episode. <laughs> Ultim- Ultimate Social Justice Warriors. Yes, yes. Which that is certainly Desmond. So, <laughs> uh, just fucking ecstatic. It's been a fucking great day. Uh, I had the pleasure of actually attending the game last night and uh, certainly just top five, top three. I mean, I never experienced a playoff like win. Name two that would be above last night that you that you John played. Tavares game and the last game in the old Coliseum against the Capitals. Mm, yeah, and the playoffs. That uh, yeah, you know, I'll be, it's close. Yeah, it's close. I think those do exist in a in a. I think they're they're, they're their own spears, spears, Aries spears. Spears. <laughs> they're their own spears. Mad TV. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I guess they like they exist in on their own planes. It's like mm-hmm. the father, son, and the Holy Spirit. The JT game, the last game at the old Coliseum, and then last night. But that's not going to be the last best moment of this season. Oh, no, 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 baby. And uh, what am I drinking? I, Desmond, I found it. I found Pepsi it. Blue. I found Pepsi Blue. And you... I got I got a little oh, Tito's, Tito's as well. So wow. have, you, have, you, have you poured yourself? Uh, I'm not. We're going we're gonna to pour it right now. And this is a little, tradi- a little tradition on the so, FFC podcast. So what, what, is, like, what does Pepsi Blue actually taste like? Does it just taste like blue? Yeah, dude. It's just like the Mountain it's like a Dew. Melted, melted icy kind of oh, situation. Okay. I haven't okay. had it in years. Is it actually like the, the Blue Mountain Dew or is it a little different? It's a little different. All right. It's uh, I've been having these uh, for every uh, game and every recording uh, session. And uh, it's uh, honestly, it's, it's playoffs wear you down. You know, that's what I'll that's what I'll say. I'm, I'm starting to feel you know, uh, it, it's kind of like that last game. Adam, Adam Pellick has weathered a lot of storms, but there were a couple moments last game where, like, damn, 
he's starting to get dinged a little bit here and there. Let's get the fuck done with this series. Yeah. That's my liver. Uh, <laughs> what Although, did you uh what'd you call this combination desmond it's called bone juice uh, bone it's spelled b-e-a-u-n juice you get it yeah yeah so bone juice for bovillier and okay so tito's tito his nickname is tito tito's vodka the tito bone bobo juice, bone juice because it's like bone juice like you know because like bovillier is very horny playing style and and you know he's fueled by the bone juice so this is what we're what we're you know see I, if i if i was like a younger lad uh you know if i was andrew lad if i was no 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 not andrew lad no never oh, okay. andrew lad never ever 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 andrew lad but if i was a younger uh summon a gun uh and i was getting prepared for these incredible islanders games i think i would do i think i would do three shots i think i would do a shot of blue curacao i would do a shot of grand marnier then i would do a shot of like creme de coco just so i could get my blue my orange and my white there you go or uh co cointreau am i pronouncing that correctly the co orange. cointreau cointreau, cointreau yeah. there you go yeah no i mean um like totally gross like i think those three shots in combination would probably make your stomach a little sicky but look you know the things you got to do i mean there are people out 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 here there are islanders fans who haven't haven't washed their underwear in a couple of weeks. So, you know, if the worst thing, you know, we got to do is drink some bone juice. We're, we're probably doing better <laughs> than doing anybody it, else. Trot shots, trot shots for the people. Trot yeah. shots. I like so, like, oh yeah, that's right. What am I listening to? Uh, Found in the flood by the blood. That really oh, got me yeah. hyped up last night. That's a good one. I like that one. Glad to have them back. Hopefully. Well, uh, le leading up to game six, it was just uh, living saints by polar bear club was just like, Got me super fun because because that the Islanders feel like a very uh, polar bear club style, uh, you know, a t like album, like somewhere between that and like, yeah, I would say because it's it's like a little grittier. It's a little grittier yeah. than like a Menzingers type situation. Agreed, agreed. Um, I, I, less Springsteen influenced. Yeah, yeah, right. I think, um, yeah, I, I think if you had to put like a nice little bow on it, I, I think any kind of that like gritty like i don't know like i'm i'm thinking of like uh like spanish love songs even just like that like whole idea of just like at any moment this could all be over sort of thing and you know how islanders fans are like you know game 1 of this tampa series you know someone's going to you know someone from tampa is going to put in that first goal and every single islander fan is just going to throw their hands up in disgust and just be like well, it was fun. See you guys later. Like, you know, that just we got <laughs> we got to nip that in the bud. Right, I think right, right here, yeah. right now, <laughs> the Islanders are the face. They are the underdog. They are the Daniel Bryan team right now, fucking rising. And like, uh, no. and 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 there are so many uh, layers and like levels of 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 that throughout throughout the lineup, which is like you know I don't know like uh, we can just kind of free talk. <laughs> And mm -hmm. this series was, was I, I, it's very fortuitous we have you because it, it, there was like storytelling throughout yeah. the whole series. It, it was almost like an, an Iron Man match or a, you yeah. know, type, type situation where like mm -hmm. the story changed. Each game, it changed a little bit. I agree. I agree with that. And um, I think it's funny because, you know, in jest, we talk about making these 
parallels to um, to professional wrestling in this, but I mean, it it's there. I mean, you know, I, uh, you can kind of almost like think back to like, you know, uh, the mid '90s WCW days with Nick Patrick as the NWO referee, and it's just like I feel like there were just a bunch of Nick Patricks on the ice for this entire series, and you know, Hall, Nash, and Hogan, you know, are Bergeron, Marchand, and uh, and Pasta, and and man, the NWO was just getting every every single call that they could, and you know, <laughs> poor poor Flair poor Mongo and all these guys that are just trying to quell the NWO. It's just, you know, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. But then finally here comes Stinger, you know, it's Sting. and I feel like, um, you know, I really feel like uh, that NWO WCW parallel is still kind of how, how I look at this Islanders team. It's just, you know, the overwhelming amount of, of, of talent and people that were in the NWO is just indicative of what we saw with the penguins. I mean, we saw like, you know, Sid and, and, and Malkin, and then we get to Boston with the, uh, the perfection line. And now we get to Tampa, you know, with guys like Stamkos and, uh, and um, you know, uh, Kucherov and all these great players. And again, it's just like, they're constantly juxtaposed. Yeah. Like, like the Islanders exist in this like constant state of like, juxtaposition it, it from a narrative standpoint it's it it's it's incredible it's like it's genuinely incredible to watch um because and it's also like this series started so it, it started with riding that high from last round mm-hmm. and Sorokin Sorokin I think looked pretty damn good in game one but it was clear that the Islanders were playing the same way that they were having the same game they were trying to play the same game against the Penguins uh, or, or as they played uh, against the Penguins as they yeah. did against the Bruins. And mm-hmm. that shit clearly didn't work. And, and, you know, we're game two. They just have to fucking survive. And yeah, who, who, yeah. you know, Casey Sezik is getting that, like that Amazing. overtime. Amazing. Goal, yeah. That, that changed the whole series. Oh yeah. I've been trying to think of my uh, wrestling comparison all day and what better way to compare to, Mick Foley. I think the Islanders are the Mick Foley yes. of the NHL right now. No, joke. are they? I was thinking that already. Are they the best looking guy out there? No, but they are the toughest son of a bitch in the league. And uh, we're not there yet. We're not there yet, but I'm hoping to have a Monday Night Raw championship win. And, uh, you know, DX helping out Mick Foley. That would be the, New, the, Jersey, the New Jersey Devils oh. would be the DX in this situation. Sure would be. Yep. Absolutely. And uh, shout outs to our Devils bros who have been very supportive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. yeah. Every Devils fan friend of mine is like hyped. And, but, and you know, and the other thing, uh, I'm sorry to, to no, no, continue, 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 sorry. is, you know, looking at the, at the Devils as, as DX, you know, helping us out and, you know, raising our arms in the air is, is kind of funny, but I, I think a lot of, uh, of the other teams in our division, even, even Rangers fans, um, it depends on the kind of Rangers fans that you're encountering, of course, but a lot of people are like, yo, this is great. Like, cause I mean, like the Rangers don't like the Penguins. They don't like the Bruins either. So, you know, if it wasn't us, you know, who else? And I mean, you know, with all the bad blood with, uh, with Tom Wilson and all this stuff, like really of the four teams that were coming out of the division, Rangers fans would probably be super pumped 
that the Islanders have, have, have come out of this division. Wow. That's, that's a hot take, man. <laughs> I, I, I think that, that most Ranger fans I know are not, not happy about it, but, but begrudgingly acknowledge what a, in what an insane, uh, insanely tight program uh, yeah. Trotz is running. And, oh, and, yeah. and like, you know, like from the, from, so from that, like the middle point of that series, the Islanders just kept creeping back. Like, Boston punches back in, in in game three, but that was a pretty pretty even game, and it and it ends on such a shit goal, which then which yeah, then, that was a shame. Which brings back like the whole like, can you trust Varlamov? Because I remember there was some yeah. like, oh shit, what do you what do you do? And then in game four, like that, like game four, they and and like in game four, that last like that last stand was was nuts. The feeling of like. Oh shit! It's a tie game. Yep. With less than like what, like eight minutes left or something like that in in the mm-hmm. third. Like, oh, this doesn't feel good. I just haven't really created a great amount. Yeah. Well, and Barz Barzell getting that goal. Yeah, he needed that in the worst way. Way to the world, absolutely. You know, and but you know, game five gave me that that real real sickly feeling, man. Um, you know, game five was uh was was five, four. Right. So, I mean, five, two, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm I'm starting to feel that like 2015, 2016 Islanders, like, you know, uh, here we go. We're, we're about to, we're about to blow a three goal lead and I'm about to, you know, spin kick my television out of my (laughs) second floor window. Like that's just like, but it's a different team, you know? So even if you get those feelings, I mean, the amount of resiliency that they have, um, is just unbelievable. And, you know, there's a lot of different things I think you can attribute their success to, of course, you know, the trot system, which, you know, you know, is boring hockey. I mean, you know, it's, it's call it what it is. I mean, it, it, it can be boring, but it's, but it's successful. And I think the most interesting thing that we're going to see is how the hell the Islanders uh, decide to match up against the Tampa Bay lightning because we're in a completely, I, this is unprecedented. Like we, we've literally, we haven't touched the ice with them you know, since last year. So these series could go very interesting ways. I mean, like, you know, there's a chance that, you know, the Tampa Bay lightning are going to be completely unprepared for the Islanders. The Islanders are just going to steamroll them. You go the other way too, of course, but I'm really, really interested to, to see how these two matchups end up going because it's completely unprecedented. Yeah, uh, certainly. Um, I'd be lying last night if during four two I wasn't like, oh god. But, yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I had that. I had that sickly feeling too. Yeah. But you know what? A, a lot of it was affirmed after Game Five because, you know, I saw a great meme of Poseidon and SpongeBob making all those burgers, and then SpongeBob makes his one little burger, and that's that's pretty much what it is. You know, we ain't going to fucking we that's also not sustainable for us. We can't give 44 shots and only do 19. But if we get the job done, Mm -hmm. I don't care. And it's only boring hockey if the goalie, you know, well, I guess he he gave up four goals. Let's not, you know, (laughs) it was the best. It was the best four game goal performance that I've seen out of Volamov. Yeah. But no, it's definitely different this year. It's definitely different than any other teams. And it's probably even different than the 2001 team, but uh, yeah, 
you're exactly right. We don't know how we're going to match up against the team we didn't face this year. And Tampa's probably even better than they were last year. Talk about that hype, though. Again, wrestling. You, you get the year. You, you keep these guys separated. Mm-hmm. And, and, and like the Islanders from training camp, like day one of training camp. Yeah. Barry Trotz talking about how he's going to be thinking about Brock Nelson's missed breakaway in game six overtime on his mm-hmm. deathbed. That is a, that is an that's a lot. That's a, it's a lot. That's, that, that was a little bit of an over, we 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 in the, uh, the the mental health biz call that a, an overshare. Uh, uh, Barry, we're we're finishing our games. We're not like you know the finishing. We're, of fin- games we're finishing game six, and I said the same thing. We had the same exact performance. I I think was game five as well with the Penguins. Didn't do shit the entire game, but ended up winning in overtime. And, and then and as I, soon as that happened, I said, we're going to win the next game. And then the same thing happened two nights, uh, three nights ago. So, And, and that's, what, that's what hypes me up about this Islander team now. Because, like, by game, so by, by game six, the Islanders were able to figure out how to do what, what they did to the Penguins. Meet that same end, exactly. but against a team like the Bruins that played yep. An entirely uh, different style. Uh, yeah, I, absolutely. And um, just to just to kind of switch it up, I, I I wanted to really hammer home. So um, one of the things that I've been a big proponent of uh, with you know the national broadcasts and with Pittsburgh and and with Boston especially is just um, these uh, these national broadcast guys. I feel are just like homers for the penguins and homers for the bruins um and it, like like to to a to an incredible degree like i mean like you know the second line the islanders second line i mean was like outstanding like probably played some of the best hockey i've seen in the playoffs brock was a beast but brock still was like brock, brock brock being a monster is awesome but still still anytime the perfection line would touch the puck it would just be like you know, these guys are gushing. It's just like, oh my God. You know, it's almost like uh it's like Vince talking about, you know, like Brockus or like, you know, some other beefcakey dude, you know, it's just like spilling out of them. But so uh, you know, game six, uh, you know, finishes, you know, we get the win. And then um Pierre's talking to Adam Pellick, and uh, you know, Pierre lets it slip and he's like, No, I think you're one of the best defensemen playing the game, right? And I'm just like because this entire series Pierre hasn't had one goddamn good thing to say about any Islander. No, and all of a well, sudden, except Adam Pellick. I, I will say he, Adam, he does love that. What, what do you call him? Uh, uh, he called him a star. No, he called him a, something like uh, something with like mm-hmm. octopus tentacles, spider with octopus tentacles or something like that. Uh, something ridiculous like that. And you know, it's really funny. So uh, they've been making comparisons, uh, in the booth uh, between Pellick and, and Butch Goring. And then uh, at the very end, when, when they're, when he's talking to, when McGuire's talking to Pellick, he's trying to get that out of him. So he, he says something, he's like, you know, like you're a great shutdown defenseman. Like, you know, what defenseman do you think you're most like? And, you know, Pellick took the, took the high road and he was like, I don't want to get into that. Like, I'm not gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to try to play that game, but like he's so desperately, wanted him to be like, yeah, I guess I'm kind of like Butchie. And he's like, oh, I said that. You are like Butch Gordon, you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, you well, know. Uh, yeah. No, no. Wait, do, do you mean, do you mean Palmieri? Because, because 
Goring Goring wasn't a uh, he was a center, but uh, Goring was a trade deadline acquisition. So you, are you maybe thinking of a Palmieri because that would be a guy no. because he's been the goal scorer. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, but no, I could have sworn that he was comparing. I don't think it was in terms of play. I think it was in terms of like, like grit and uh, I don't know. I kind mean, of like could be wrong. being the sweetener could, of the team. It, I mean, I, yeah, like I could, I could be wrong, but I like, I know that like they were making comparisons. Uh, someone was making comparisons to Butchie and I guess it could have been Paul Mary now that I'm thinking about it. Just Trade deadline. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but um, because that, also because that's been one of the main graphics that, that that's been like all around social. So media. you're probably it, right. Yeah, it is is like Paul Mary so far where he ranks in mm-hmm. over to, or, or in trade deadline goal mm-hmm. like uh, um, scoring. In, so in let's but let's but, let's talk. Oh, go, go ahead, Ryan. Man. One last point. I, I was going to say, Tom. I'm glad you brought up the announcing because I never do this, but I had to with these with the last two series is because I hate the team so much. I went into the other subreddits of the team and the entire topic of conversation amongst Bruins and Penguins fans were the announcers are for the Islanders uh, <laughs> and the refs are for the Islanders. And oh, I think oh, one sorry. common, one common topping, uh, one comic, yeah, one common talking point amongst yeah. all three of us mm-hmm. for the last 20 years has been yep. not those. <laughs> and it jo- Joe Micheletti, an ex-Rangers announcer, which to be fair, he was he was a little excited when the Islanders would score. And he was yep. also an, an Islanders announcer for a hot minute. Was, but then yeah. you have John Forsland, a Massachusetts native. Like, mm-hmm. no, he wasn't yeah. he wasn't a homer for the for the Islanders. Yeah, no, absolutely not. And 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 you know, that whole idea of of the of the referees like ever like leaning towards Boston, like the only honestly, like where like there were some like chippy playoff things that happened like um when when Barzi took the spear right i mean he got speared in response to like four or five cross checks but i mean like you still on. speared a guy that that's yeah like, like pucks, <laughs> pucks have talked about how the answer shouldn't have been to make it make it like go from uh you know a major to a minor right it or, should have been the, it, sh- it should yeah. have stayed a major and you you could give barzell a, a cross check or something yeah Exactly. But, but the major has to say the major because it can't be – you can't set a precedent of, of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course, because they're not going to call cross-checking in games. What's everybody say about playoff games? Let the boys play. Yep, if they exactly. call cross-checking, you're going to have 18 power plays yep, a game. Exactly. So you have to choose. Which is yeah, what, which and- why I thought it was, it, it was very interesting yeah. in game six, like, you know, the refs were like, we're not, we're not, we're not dealing with this. So here's the thing. We're only going to call trips. So if it if it's a trip or looks like a trip, it'll probably be called. Anything else we are not doing. I'm, Which it was last night. Yeah. By the way. Which is like the, the 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 way like all right if you if you make it such a fucking thing already here, this is the only thing that's going to get called. Here you go. Yeah. Here's here's the answer. And and, and like you know the, the other thing is you know like listening to a lot of these Bruin fans and then, you know, Islander fans are coming back with them with, you know, um, I forget what game it was. It might've been maybe game four. I forget when it was, but I think it was either Marchand or I think it might've been Marchand who like flipped the puck up and uh, got called for a delay game. Um, And like everyone just talking about like, Oh, like that glass, man, that, that Coliseum glass, you know, or like, Something like that, where they were just talking about like how 
how the glass at the Coliseum is just different than the glass anywhere else. And it's so much lower and you flip the puck and it's just like, it's just like oh, anything, it, it, anything that's advantageous yeah. for the Islanders is some sort of anything. Uh, act of, course. of God. Uh, but, but what, you know, like, here's the thing, like, cause I don't know how long we have on this pod, you know, I don't know how long we have on this earth. Uh, but, but, you know, um, the Islanders success to me speaks to the NHL needs to it, like, it always gets framed as this situation. Um, oh, wow. They've gifted us more time. Um, look at that. Uh, unlimited minutes. Look at that. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> well, no, that, that, that's a, that's a huge, uh, huge relief. Literally. What was I just saying? This is all going to stay in the pod. um you were i think you were gonna make a statement about uh the islanders i guess something about their success in the face of adversity is what maybe i thought you were going towards maybe like their time to win now or i don't i don't know uh i was gonna i was gonna make that oh yeah sorry i remember remember what it was so it was it was that like the the success like it the success of the islanders gets contrasted against star players being eliminated early and it's always framed around like, oh, this is bad for the league. And it's like, how about this? Other leagues know how to sell defensive players. All the other leagues have found ways to uh, make viable in commercials, in advertising, and all sorts of things, uh, you know, in PR of making defensive players, like featured players. J.J. Watt, like in football, like – his signing was like a, a thing that was like the thing on the internet for a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. and like, you know, hockey doesn't, hockey doesn't do that. And it might as well, because they keep trying to think about like, Oh, should we make the nets a little bit bigger? Should we do these, all, all these other things around? Like, no, like this is what the sport is. Learn how to accentuate the, the strengths of it. And just like the realities of it. And it's like in hockey, you know, the most players, play at most 25 minutes so like like 45 percent of the game so that like they don't play for more than half the game and yeah. it's like one of those things where you, you better get better at like selling defensive players like adam pellick mm-hmm. and just like selling the depth of teams and and selling like that as a as a thing to really hype up more because the islanders you know up and down like everybody Especially yesterday, everybody had a decent game, decent yeah. or better, decent mm-hmm. to great. And it's like, you know, it like the, like you know, there's obvious ones, right? Pelic and Paul Mary. That's all cool. Something that I was thinking about was like Nick Letty last night made some like weirdly great defensive plays, mm-hmm. and like he has really struggled these playoffs. He's he's looked very soft. He's he's struggled with four check yeah, but like giveaways, and, yeah, giveaways sure. but like last night there was that two-on-one that he broke up like sliding and like mm-hmm. getting a glove on it he blocked he was blocking shots like he played like you know he he, he didn't have much effect any other part of the game mm-hmm. the only part of the game that required anything of him were those moments and he succeeded in every one of them i think know? the I think the reason that defense is, is easier to sell to that point, the defense is easier to sell uh, from a football standpoint is because of 
um, how, how easy it is to see. So, you know, like JJ Watt, for instance, right. You know, hot, hot hike, JJ Watt cuts through the O-line sacks, a quarterback, boom, you see it right there. It's present. Right. But there's so many intricacies in hockey defense that like your casual hockey fan. So like a casual football fan could see a sack and be like, Oh, that's a sack. Cool. But like a casual hockey fan may not see the nuances of, of like, of a guy like Adam Pellick and realize what contribution he's giving to the team because a casual hockey fan, to your point, is really looking for the offense. They're looking for the dangling. They're looking for the stick handling. You know, they're looking for guys like Barzi and Crosby. Again, the casual hockey fan, right? You know, the, so the, someone who's going to pop on the playoffs and, and look, they're going to look for the breakaways. They're going to look for the fights, you know, all, all those like hockey kind of, you know, benchmarks that you look for when you're not really a huge hockey fan, but you know, your, your quote unquote X's and O's guys, like, you know, your people that really know the game of hockey will be able to recognize a great D man for what they do, you know, in terms of um, blocking shots or what they do in terms of breaking up plays or what they do, even in terms of just moving the puck around and creating chances, something that like a, a non-hockey fan or casual hockey fan might not see. So if the NHL can figure out a way to uh, highlight those things and show your, your casual hockey fans how important this is to the game, then I think we'd have a good chance of, of these guys getting a little bit more, like more stardom. But like, you know, even when you think back to the 90s, right, the 90s hockey, where 90s hockey was still a very, very much an offensive game, you know, like you think about, a Chris Chelios, right? Like, you know, obviously, you know, in terms of, of being a defenseman, you know, like that's a name that always pops up, you know, there are some guys I think that have his, his level of, of play and that could have his level of stature, but it just, I think is who's watching the game and in what capacity I think is going to kind of influence that a little bit. Yeah. It's a good talking point. Um, you know, other this isn't this relative to hockey i mean a lot of sports leagues are trying to figure out the offense i think a lot of it stems from it from the nba with the uh you know the rise of the three point and you know just the change in that game much different than the game we grew up with mm -hmm. it's all about scoring you know in baseball it's chicks digging the long ball yep. and uh they altered the ball and then now the pitchers are coming back at it and they're saying, all right, well, we're going to fucking do what we got to do, you know? Yep, yep. Oh, and yeah. uh, it's hard with hockey. You got to also remember they, they changed. They, they put the trapezoid back there after the lockout and they, mm -hmm. you know, they altered the rules to get more scoring because like you said, nineties hockey, there's a lot of two, nothing, one, two, two, yep. one yep. ties. Like I think it was necessary to change it through that aspect, but you also can't cheapen the position of the goaltender as well. And, you know, in terms of the Islanders, yes. You know, even Michael Dalcal, who gets a lot of hate with the fan base, when he's out there, man, he's, he's, he's not going to score. Yep. He was shocked not gonna do this year. He was very he's gonna He's going to set up plays, and you just need that guy sometimes, you know? And just, what's just, great just about the – Just hold serve. You, you need hold serve right, yeah, players. Exactly. <laughs> you really and you do. Need, you need a team of that, and that speaks mm -hmm. volumes to the Islanders' success this season because we are rolling four lines deep. Well, and you look at yeah. you look at the past two opponents that we had, and they didn't have a lot of death, you know, outside of their main. They have superstars, no doubt about that. But outside oh, yeah. of their death, they just what could, what happened to Vegas? They were they were an expansion team comprised of mostly two 
and third line guys. The and Islanders, that's why they got that far. The Islanders' second and third line is outscoring their first line. Yeah, it's like <laughs> who do you want out there when the game is on the line? I mean, yep. no disrespect to the first line, but I want yep. I probably want like Palmieri out there. I, I want definitely want Pajot out there. He's probably the you best center on the goddamn you team. You want Pajot, but you also want, you know, you want the, the bone man himself, Beauvillier. Of course, yeah. You want you want uh, Dwayne the Brock, Lesnar, Nelson, Johnson, and and you want uh, my friend actually, who I have the jersey of, Josh Bailey, out there because like they're they're a line of guys that were all subplot characters in various parts of the Tavares years, and that to uh, uh, and from d- distinct errors each of them there's like a well brock and and josh are close together but for some reason they feel older they feel way older than each other oh yeah they're like they're not really your difference but they feel yeah. like a forever like a forever amount of time mm-hmm. well are you guys familiar with the smackdown six y- oh yeah, yeah. yes yes I, I, I think I have to make a, a good comparison to the Islanders to the SmackDown Six. Oh, and for those who don't know. Wow, when, this is why I wanted to have this exact <laughs> podcast. The niche when intersection the, yeah. wrestling nerddom and Islanders fandom. Oh. So yeah. when the roster split around uh, late, like early 2000, I think it was like 2002, uh, Paul Heyman took over SmackDown and he didn't want to comprise the SmackDown. Well, first off, SmackDown was getting second pickings with a lot of things, but he also wanted to comprise his SmackDown roster of just pure workers and the SmackDown six. You don't know what that is. It was just the six main guys on SmackDown who were bringing it every week. And that was Eddie Guerrero, Kurt Angle, Edge, Chris Benoit, Rey Mysterio, Chavo Guerrero, legends in their own right. Don't get me wrong, but they also weren't like the number one guys in the roster at the time. You know, a lot of those guys were reserved to raw and, you know, I, like I said, I can't say it multiple times enough. We don't have superstars. You know, we don't like, we don't have the Bergerons. We don't have the Sidney Crosby's, but we have, you know, those guys, the death guys. And I'm looking at some of these freaking stats, man, like Brock Lesnar game winning goals in playoff history in the likes of rocket Richard, Dave Keon, like it, it just like unhallowed company. And it, that's what I love about this team. Like so goddamn much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I, that, that love that, you know, that, that you speak to for this team, like, yo, it's, it's like the experience of this right now, like it has, has been awesome on a sensory level. Like that's, that's part of why I asked like, what, like, what have you listened to? Because like, for me, like I listened to so much for the afterglow, but by, uh, Everclear today. Great record. Yeah. Great record. Yeah, because great record. It, 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 it's like it's boppy but it's also pretty kind of snarky like kind of rough mm-hmm. around the edges and to me like that's that's how that like that's where the islanders are right now and also because they're about to play the fucking they, they they keep having to punch above their weight class like non-stop oh, yeah. and that's what mm-hmm. a lot, i think i feel like that album is a lot about like that mm-hmm. concept about having mm-hmm. to punch like above your mm-hmm. weight class in a nice yeah. guitar pop kind of no you're and, and you're you're right i mean like that's that's just what that's what the islanders have 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 done always you know it's always the underdog mentality um you know and i think that's a great thing because like 
you know, the comparison to Daniel Bryan is, is really a great one because, you know, if you look at Daniel Bryan uh, all across his years, even when he got like toned and in, in, in shape a little bit, like he was still like small, he was still, you know, up against anyone with a look. He just always, he always looked smaller. He always looked lankier. He, he, but, he has he has the guy that, that goes to the gym five days a week, but doesn't yeah. that hard. But it's no. the five days of weakness that, that you know. But, but the work. thing, but like, but the, the ideal, thing with him, the, the like, peak performance, the male peak performance bod, as we call it. And, and like, and so, and, and the funny thing is, so like, you know, the, the Daniel Bryan story that's been told in the WWE is very much the Islanders story just of, of that, that underdog story. But the other part of, of Daniel Bryan is like Daniel Bryan in ring of honor, because I mean, the whole deal with the Islanders is it's like 60 minutes, you know, from front to back, you know, the whole game is where the Islanders get you because if they let up off the gas, they, you know, they, they come in chippy and they come in aggressive. And that was, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon, in you know the ROH years when he was going you know sixty minutes with Davy Richards and sixty five minutes with Nigel McGuinness and just would be putting on these clinics, and that's really what you know. And and he wasn't flashy, you know. He wasn't doing you know moon salts and he wasn't doing planches and he wasn't doing you know whatever the the flashy you know young buck shit you know which is cool in its own right, but he wasn't doing that. He was just ground and pound he would get his knees into you and his elbows into you and i feel like that's the islanders in a nutshell like if they can get their knees into you and their elbows into you they just wear you down and before you know it you're worn down and all of a sudden here comes brock nelson just yip, uh, shooting past you and here comes bovillier just that yip, goal that that, brock, you, that brock, once brock got that that 2-1 goal it was like this mm-hmm. is it's over it, it, yep. it like they're not they're not like okay, Joel. This is a great chance to. We, you didn't even get to ask how, how it felt in the building last night, but when from watching on the couch, like when Zajac scored, and shout out to Zajac again. Everybody, when they need to do something, they've done what they needed to do when they needed to do it. Mm-hmm. And for oh, Zajac yeah. in that spot, it was finding that exact puck and fucking just snapping it really fast. <laughs> yep. um, yeah, like, but that that Nelson goal seemed like the moment where it was just like, what was it like to be in the building for that? Jesus. Well, I, I was at, I was at uh four and six and during four, like my soul left my body at some point. So I'm like, I know I sound over dramatic saying that, but it was true, man. Just like the swell of everything. My heart was just out to here. And game six was just even more because the crowd sensed like, we're going to fucking win this game. And not only that, we're going to, <laughs> we're going to take that bulletin board material that that baby back bitch Cassidy said about us. <laughs> And we're gonna fucking scream it all night. We're gonna get a we're gonna get an NFL team to cheer for us merely by us being called the Saints. Um, in particular to the Brock Nelson goal, which throughout the whole series, if you look at it, look what happened to Zizekas, the turnovers, baby. Because if you watch that first game against the Boston, uh, against the, the Boston Bruins, against the Bruins, uh, we were just getting up right up shot the middle. We were just not finishing our chances in the neutral zone, and we quickly got that. Uh, pertaining to the Brock Nelson goal, you said it yourself, man. What did, what did Trot say after the Tampa Bay Lightning game is that he's going to take that to his deathbed. And Brock heard that 
And now when Brock has these opportunities, he's going to fucking finish it on them. And, uh, you know, it just even goes to show like I'm wearing my man Wally's jersey right now because I'm on I'm on Wally coin. I'm on there early. I want to get there nice and good because he's going to be special. But uh, I kind of missed out on getting a Brock Nelson jersey because he's just been unheralded to what he means to our team. And, you know, just think what what. Uh, we probably wouldn't even have Paul Mary, which, you know, I hate to say, but maybe Lee going down, like made us redefine ourselves. and made us like, you know, like this could change in any moment. So let's get it while we do, Mm -hmm. but we wore the team out. And even when Marshan scored that second goal, I could tell from the stands. And then I rewatched it. And I think you guys could tell too he was exhausted and you know, the, the players went to go give him a hug and like, maybe we'll get back in this. And he was just like, I don't, I don't know. Like (laughs) we have a long fucking way to go. Yeah. He, I mean like they, you know, you could, you could very, you could tell, especially on, on, on camera that, um, you know, they went over to congratulate him and he just looked, he was just looking up at the clock. He was just like, how much time do we have left? And like, and you could look at it when one of two ways, like how much time do we have left to try to win this game? Or in reality, how much time do we have left until I can get off this fucking ice? <laughs> because this because, shit is like, because yeah. this is done. This Dude, thing is and, and I mean, and, and like, truthfully, like that, the Islander style of play does that. And, and especially because that, that perfection line, just Cassidy kept pushing them out. And, you know, and these guys, you know, I mean, I mean, who, who am I to talk about conditioning, but I mean, like these guys are older guys who like, aren't, you know, at the peak of their, of, of, of where they were in terms of conditioning. So I'm sure like, it's almost like, um, you know, uh, Oh God, it's like from an old cartoon. It's like this big dude is kind of just lumbering around and like this like little guy is just kind of like shooting around him, doing figure eights around him. And he's just trying to catch him. I, I can't even think of what it, what it is, but that's kind of what I felt like. It's just like, you know, the Islanders are just these little bees buzzing around and, and that lion is just like, Oh my God, like, like we can only look good for so much longer until people realize like we're out of gas. And, and I'm just kind of hoping that they can take that same, that same mentality into Tampa and just try to wear these guys out because that's how the Islanders are going to win games. I mean, like, you know, watching Barzi on the ice, just try to like, you know, look like a, a magician is great. You know, but like, that's just, that's not the system. So I don't know, you know, well, and, and the, the adaptability of the Islanders, like, you know, I, I mentioned with, with Letty having to go outside of his comfort zone to be productive for Barzell to literally become productive. He had to get crappy goals at first. Yeah. He, had to, he had to get that, like, you know, you know, sneak, or, you know, getting, getting Rask off of the, the post type of, Yep. And just goals and and just crushing it in, yeah. And you know he he did. And then when it came to that game five goal that he scored, that was a snipe. But that was a snipe yeah. that, that he eventually was able to, you know, uh, buy himself the space for again by mm-hmm. by being yep. someone that that they had to you know yeah give think they had to give more space and and he, yeah. I One of my know. main gripes with the team ha- like has always been you know, even going back to Tavares is like the goal always has to be nice, but it, it doesn't because like you're not going to win games that way. No. And they're all capable of doing it. 
And you know, I think back to it was a shootout victory against uh, the Sharks when uh, I called it the Thousand Deke move. When Tavares did that like that, he just deked and he just like flipped around the puck like a thousand times. Yeah, and just yeah. Got the goal, and then they saw that and they're like, "Oh, I want to do that!" Like you know, I have to score that way. Yeah. What's the common phrase that everybody screams in the stands? Shoot. And you know, it's not it. It, there's times when you can't shoot, but other times it's just like, just put the fuck, like what would happen to say Jack that first goal? Yep. Put the puck on the net, he got the rebound. Yep. And one one important thing I wanted to say about the game last night, what was so imperative was getting that first goal, getting that swell of the Islanders crowd, mm-hmm. unlike oh, yeah. any other, mm-hmm. you know, just like that deafening scream. Like once they got that, you know, it's like, okay, Super Saiyan 1, like let's fucking do this. Yeah. Uh, so, um, so, so I've got, um, a quick question that I'd, I'd love for you guys to weigh in on just cause uh, I always like to look ahead. Um, you know, so whatever happens with, with, with these playoffs. And I mean, we, we all have the same common idea of what we want to happen. We don't have to really beat that, uh, you know, like a dead horse, but so looking forward to the off season. So we have a couple of things that we need to address. Um, but where do you guys land on maybe not so much Zajac, but Paul Mary? Um, do you think that the Islanders are going to make a push to try to get him signed long-term? And if they do, uh, that's going to be at the cost of whom? Desmond, would you like to take this first? You need some time to think because I have an I, answer. I mean, I, so I, I do, I do like him uh, a lot on the Islanders. I I think his performance is pricing him out of a realistic place because the Islanders still have to, they have so many like contracts they have to juggle already. Uh, And and it's so hard to offload any contracts right now that have term and like, and uh, length, like it's, uh, it's a lot. Um, Like it, it would be nice to keep, um, Palmieri, but they have they have they have to figure out Everlay or Bailey. They're probably going to choose on one of them this summer. Uh, mm-hmm. They have to make sure that there's space for um, Wallstrom, and then like so, mm-hmm. Palmieri still might be like a third right wing potentially. Yeah. You know, is that really is that really what you want to spend on it? Like I don't, I don't know if that's going to be a fit. So yeah. I, I don't think. I think it's a get what you can with this guy right now because, like, look, I don't think he, he's pricing himself out of a out of a range that makes sense for the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I totally agree. If he wants to stay on this team, or if, if you know we want him to stay on this team, he's going to have to take a hometown deal, and hopefully, Lad will come to Lou will make Lad come to his senses, and you know. Like, no disrespect to the guy. I get he he's not going to give up unless he has to, but that contract has to come off the books, not even for Paul Mayer, but for other players' reasons as well. <clears throat> You're talking about pricing. Pellick's going to get a contract. Pellick Pel- gonna... is playing himself. He's yeah. He... Sorokin, by virtue of saving the, the that series against the, the, the Penguins with that game five, just like beast of a game. Uh, yeah. Like he priced himself to like at least three. Yeah, and I don't. Yeah. Pelic, rightfully so, should not like 
Gabarzi was one situation. I think yep. he, I think he understood how imperative he was to this team, and he he is really he's really gunning to win with this team. So I think he was willing to take that discount. But Pella can go anywhere he wants. So you know we're gonna have to realize with that. Two, we have to factor in who's gonna get chosen by the Kraken because that's we can't uh, we can't send them a first round pick because that's going to the Devils. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I think this is Zizekas' last season with us. Uh, I love the guy to death, unless he's gonna take less money. I I don't know, but. Yeah, and, that, and and would that even make sense for him? To you know, it's one of those it w- things. Yeah, it wouldn't. Like I said, it's all going to come down to how much uh, these guys love this place. Um, but at the same time, when you, I was going to kind of bring up this question too, because the last the thing the thing that like bothered me the most when we lost to Tampa last year was like, wow, how like is the window shut? Like, how much time do we have with these guys and the way they are? Because I'm sure. The two of you have just watched this since 2010, 20, uh, 2009, just like yeah. the desperation we went through. We watched this build throughout the last decade. We want the fruits of our labor to, you know, mm-hmm. come to our hands. Yeah. At the same time, Palmieri is like probably like my third thing that I, like, I'm concerned about. If he comes back, yeah. great. But mm-hmm. we get Lee back in place. Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. yeah. I'd love to have him on this team. It's going to be up to him to take that contract though. Cause Lou is not, Lou's not going to throw the bank at him. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, you've got Pellick and you've got Beauvillier. I mean, that, too, yeah. you know, perfect example. Bo is going to, Bo's pricing himself into Bo's pricing now. himself up. Like the, those three now, guys I mean, are, are like, elevated their, yeah. their, their values significantly. Now, luckily then the one, the one good thing that we have in our pocket is that both Bo and Pellick are RFAs. So, mm-hmm. you know, we have a little bit of, of room in, in terms of how they're going to get offered contracts and, and, you know, who, what they're going to want versus who's going to be able to match it to, to, you know, to take them off of our plate if that happens. But um, yeah, you know, the more you talk about it, uh, you know, and Zeker, I mean, you know, if, if uh, I think that, if he were to go uh, and, you know, be the one that the Kraken, you know, pick out of, out of, uh, out of what's going on, I think he would be a great addition over there. Uh, you know, I really do. And I think um, if I'm not mistaken, and I'm not super good at my contracts, I know Pellick and Bo, I think Sorokin even might be uh, an RFA after this season. I think, I, think I don't think they, be. I don't think they more, signed him. Yeah. I think he has one more year left on his uh, entry oh, okay. level. So, so that's good then, yeah, because he's because technically no, 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 it's no 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 they, that's they, an R that's an RFA though it's an RFA so he he, he yeah it's an RFA yeah free agency but it, it's RFA it's his last RFA year I think it's his last RFA year and then yeah so I you know um and it's it's funny to think about right because like Sorokin like you know is technically like a rookie but he's technically not a rookie no, like you know he's, he's, it, it, this is the time yeah. where, where where those goalies start taking, you know, space yeah. in an organization, like serious space. Exactly. Oh yeah. So I think the off season is going to be very, um, a very tricky thing, you know, just like last off season was for, for the Islanders. But um, I have, you just got to have a lot of faith in what Lou Lamriello is going to be able to do. So, um, but I, I think as a whole, right. If you look ahead to where we fell short last year with, with Tampa, I think that the team has built themselves up in a lot of ways 
that can give us uh, an, an edge against, you know, such a great team. And, and, and they've, like we've discussed, they've even made uh, some, some improvements themselves. But I think that if the Islanders can get their, uh, their, their rate of play uh, against the, the lightning, uh, then I think they're, we have a little bit of comfortability there. Um, you know, just a matter of actually having it happen. And as I say this, my heart is like beating. I'm just like, what the fuck am I saying? Like, ah, uh, it just, it's scary, man. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm frightened a little bit, but I'm excited. <laughs> I, I'm excited too, you know, and it, it just goes to show how fast the series went. I was already preparing for game one. Yeah. And uh, here we are, game one, I, I presumably Sunday, I believe. Mm. But, you know. I yeah, yeah I, I don't to... think it's been announced yet. That, that's that been kind of frustrating because I, I hope it's Sunday because I, I, I could use some time off from this this drink that, that I've just uh, – the bone juice is really starting. The to bone juice. I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. So also, you know, staying in your insides. I hate yeah. to bring this up to you, but, like, are you preparing for the Kraken to might take Bailey? I think that's a. I think people aren't addressing the situation, but I think there's a real possibility they take him. I think they would rather have Bolivia, uh, Bolivier, but I mean, I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna mix up sacrifices. But the great thing about that is we're not there yet. We still have a good you're, series. You're to not play. gonna sacrifice my friend. If you if, if <laughs> asking me if I would sacrifice my friend Josh Bailey, no, no, I wouldn't. And 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 I think I think I think Letty or Everlay. I think Letty uh, would be someone that the Kraken might like. Um, if they take Everlay, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I'd be like, I, I think the guy has been important to our success the last uh, couple of years, but at the same time, like, he's I still think like, he's still like carry, probably... he's not carrying to what, what he should be. For right. Exactly. And that, yeah. that spot, he has the Barzell wingman situation. You wouldn't be complaining about Leo Komarov as much if Jordan Everlay had been Jordan Everlay more frequently. Right. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, you know, I, but, but again, it's like, you know what, let's just get to it. Uh, yeah. I think what is your prediction for next round? Uh, well, what, what do we talk about here? We talked about death. Tampa Bay has that. They have the superstars and they have death. They have, uh, you know, they have Kalorn on the back end. They have, all- is, they have a lot of the death. So, it's everything. Can, can I think that can we can we tire out Stamkos and Kucherov and uh, you know some of the other top guys? Absolutely, but then we have to worry about those other guys too. I think this is going to come down to goaltending. Who are we going to roll with in this series? Are we going to go back to Sorokin, which is such a luxury that you know you thought Grice and Leonard was a good one A one B combination. Now we have that combination on steroids. Um, so um, it's I. I we might roll out with Sorokin, but if he gives up rebounds again, I think he's going to get the hook quickly. Uh, it's so hard to say. I could have said this series went seven. It went six. Same thing with the Penguin series. It's going to what, The only element that I'll say is going to be 100% necessary for the Islanders to do is to win one of those two games in Tampa. Yeah. We do that. We'll have a different conversation moving forward. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, again, you know, when I said I was frightened before, like, I, I mean it, you know, I mean, not just Stamkos, but, you know, Braden Point and Kucherov and, you know, even, um, 
what's his name? Uh, Victor Hedman. I mean, like, you know, these are talented, talented guys. Um, but, you know, <laughs> the, the Bruins are talented, talented guys too. You know, I mean, that that perfection line and Krejci and, and all these guys, man, and, you know, even, uh, you know, Coyle and, uh, and McAvoy, they're good. They were good. The Islanders were able to play their game and they were able to draw – draw the sweat out of them and in drawing the sweat out of them, they were able to play their game and win. So I agree with you. They, they gotta, they gotta come out of the gate like screaming. Um, but you know, I could see uh, this going seven. I really could. And I could see the Islanders squeaking it out in seven. And then I could see uh, the Canadians somehow beating the golden Knights. And then the Canadians sweep us in four and uh, like, and that's it. Like I stopped watching hockey forever after that. But, um, you know, it's just, uh, I think it's going to be a great series. I think it's going to be so much fun to see these two teams play one another with, without the, the gift of having played each other all season. And I think that's, what's going to make these games so interesting is that if the Islanders can exploit, you know, this weakness of they haven't seen us. So let's just like push the boundaries this often as we can, the Islanders could, could have a stroke of luck and outplay the, the Tampa Bay lightning. And if they do, you know, we're, we're singing a, a way different tune, but I'm, I'm, I'm scared, but, I, but I'm, I, maybe I shouldn't say I'm scared. I'm eager, but I'm, I'm, I don't know what word I want to say. I'm, are you, I don't uh, have a word. I don't have a word. Are you more reserved? than you were with the Boston series. Yeah. Yeah, I, I am. And, and I think, like I said, the, the big thing about it and, and with Boston, it was, you know, I wasn't as worried because we took care of Boston in the regular season. Now <laughs> the playoffs are a completely different thing. And they added Taylor Hall, of course, but um, I knew that we were going to be able to play our game and beat Boston. Like we'd done in the regular season. This is a whole different ball game. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm excited uh, I'm contemplative in a way, and I'm also just a little bit, yeah, reserved to, to you know, go out there and, and say that, you know, the Islanders are going to handily beat the Lightning just because I don't know. But I think that they have a good opportunity as long as they just keep the pressure on and they don't let up because that's – they do that, you know, the Lightning are just going to just pound pucks past them. And uh, we just can't have that happen. I'm. Uh, I'm just gonna say it. It's. Uh, it's gonna be Isles and seven. This is. This is gonna be Daniel Bryan beating John Cena. That is what you were gonna see. They're we just beat Triple play. H, and now uh, we're gonna beat. Uh, it's gonna be uh, Randy Orton and Batista. <laughs> well, that. That's. Uh, we haven't gotten to that part of the program yet, but let me tell you, when we do, it's gonna be something. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm usually a timid guy making predictions. I don't like to, you know, go out there swinging, but. We beat Tampa. We're going to win the goddamn cup because we're going to be team of destiny and we beat all these three teams and God's honest truth. And we could figure out to beat these three teams. We could figure out to beat, you know, I thought, I thought the avalanche were the team of destiny in this series. And now they're they're about to go home. So anything can change. Oh, that's, that's just wild. That's really wild. The, I don't know, man, these, these Islanders are, are, they're a special bunch. It is, it is something. I don't know the, the the story of this team of of the the faceless franchise, so to speak, that, that they they get sold as, um, is 
is awesome. And, and it's like, I don't know, it's fitting that, that Barzell, their, their clearly most skilled player, has found his game via these very dirty goals. I think that... He needed to. He really... I think that that's, was necessary that's what, to his that's game. That's what the story requires yeah. right now, man. That's what the game is requiring. The Islanders are playing some sort of game where Barzell has to find dirty goals and Scott Mayfield is leading the NHL in plus minus. Uh, that's, now that's... Now that's surprising. My that's a stat. That's, that's an interesting stat. That's 300 IQ hockey, baby. <laughs> we call it, that's 300 <laughs> IQ. We just, you know, me, me and Barry telepathically talk during the games. Not sure if I brought that up on the pod before, but that's true and can, canonically part of the, the universe. No? So so I have one, one last question for you, Ryan, since mm-hmm. you brought up the SmackDown 6. And maybe we could take... I don't know, two or three minutes for you to try to flesh this out. But so if you had to take the SmackDown six and you had to equate each member of the SmackDown six to a member of the New York Islanders. Oh my Lord. All right, let's try this. Who would be, who would be who? Okay. Uh, Let's see. Chavo Guerrero would be our most understated player. And I will have to give Chavo Guerrero to Pelic. Uh, Ray Mysterio would be our flashy, uh, uh, just innovative player, and that would be certainly Matt Barzal. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> would be um, just like the, the most tenacious guy and just absolutely ruthless. And yeah. I would give that not, not to uh, thing to happen. yeah, I'd give that to, to Pulak, just like the tough, the tough, badass, like. The silent type, just the silent type. Mm, and yeah, rough. you know, it's kind of it's so, a little rough. So real, real quick, the, I, I, I don't know. a lot of reasons. I, I don't know. Pretty. Well, yeah, because the other the other thing I was going to say is, uh, you know, Zeke or. Uh, yeah, let's yeah, zip Zeke, it up. Let's zip it up. Course. We're going to we're going <laughs> to call the e-break for the first time ever. The e-break on the pod. I've never. That was smart. Okay. That was a smart. That was a yeah. smart e-break to pull. Yeah, because. That okay, was going to go yeah, in place. No, yeah, I, it was, was really. Wow. Kind of... <laughs> I, I didn't think this uh, podcast would find a line, but it, it has. Oof. Good job. Edge. Sorry. Uh-huh. Edge, I would give to Bolivier. Okay. I like that. Kurt Angle, absolutely. I love it. I, I love J. J. botching. You keep botching his name. I love it. It's it's a very it's a very botchamania thing. Bobo. I, I just call him Tito Bobo. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> Tito, Tito Bobo's edge. He's he when he when he gets on when he gets on to the the true rated R superstar level. Horniness, yeah, that's the, that's Hor- the horniness horny. to the max. He is the rated R superstar. That's bone gunning juice. for that. Rated R that superstar Andy. is a very bone juice oriented. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, he's gunning for that day with Anna Kendrick, baby. Yeah. And then uh, Kurt Angle. That's an interesting question. We like I would Paul Mary. I'll give to Kurt Angle because he. Well, okay. he's not, He's not really a veteran. He's like he's still like twenty five or some shit, right? Yeah, I mean he's he's young. He's young. And then uh, Eddie Guerrero. That's Eddie, a, yeah, yeah, Eddie. Shit, man. Well, I I gave Kurt Angle to Pajo. I think it's a little better. He's just like the more yeah. like you know, he's technical. He has all all the all the stats and quality, and is going to just deliver every low single key, time he goes out okay, there. Okay, low key, uh, Eddie is is Brock. 
Brock Nelson. Perfect. There you go. Ed, Eddie Guerrero. It's, he has a Brock weird swag because Brock has a weird swagger. He's clearly a shit talker because he always gets punched in the head, like in these scrums. <laughs> Guys just hate him. They hate being around him because he just has the same facial expression all the time. He does the Orange Cassidy shit, you know? Yeah, he does. Um, of just he like, really does. Best wrestling bitch face in the biz, man. It's oh. incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Bro- that, yeah. Resting Brock face. You know, yep. that's uh, that, that's yeah, what I like that has going on. Um, you know, um, it's 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 a thing, and that's that that's the the lie cheat steal is like just like the snore, smirk, and smile, like uh, you know, of Perfect. Brock. I think I think we uh, excluding one individual. I think we named uh, all six correctly with that things and the intersections. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, I, th- I think we've really been through the island on this one. This is the, I think, most niche episode of, of, of podcasting. Islander, wrestling. Also, throw some Simpsons in. I feel like Butch Cassidy complaining about the, the refereeing. The Islanders not getting penalized enough. And then Barry Trotz pointing out that they were one of the least penalized teams. You know that just made like Cassidy that much more pissed. And that's that like Frank <laughs> Grimes on the Simpsons. Just yep. like losing his oh, mind. Oh wow! What a great and, and that press conference. Like Cassidy was just like that was Frank Grimes grabbing the the, the electrical cords and getting <laughs> fucking electrocuted, and us all laughing on this pod is Homer snoring at, at Frank Grimes' funeral. Yeah. Bye bye bozos. Nice takes, Agony, idiot. One of the greatest moments of a live Islander game I have ever witnessed was the Bruins leaving the ice. And the fans waited for this. It was very smart of them. They waited for the players to get off the ice. And then as soon as the three coaches walking in the back, New York Saints chants, deafening, being screamed at Cassidy. And all that guy could do was just look up and he looked around and he nodded and he left the ice. And that's just, that's poetic justice. And that's what we have on our side too. We have, we have poetic justice, unlike anybody else in the league, maybe the Canadians, but you know. And you you just knew it. I mean, like as soon as, Cassidy came out there after game five talking all that shit. Like you just knew that like that was all the Islanders needed. That's all they needed was that, that fuel to that fire. Like, like if Cassidy was smart, he would have just said nothing. Yeah. He would have just said nothing. But if you give the Islanders fuel, if you give a mouse a cookie, they're going to blast you with pucks. And that's exactly what they did. Oh yeah, I mean, so yeah, so so you know that was him snapping like that. That was the game five to six was the Frank Grimes episode of the Simpsons. <laughs> yep, <laughs> like that was that was Cassidy turning into Frank Grimes, and game six was just that man being electrocuted. It's like when Grimes went to Homer Simpson's house and he sees that he won a Grammy and that he he was in space, and it's just like, wait, you beat a Stanley Cup team on nineteen shots? It's like, yeah, you haven't. <laughs> Oh, dude, this is this this was uh, this was great. I, look, th- this podcast is you know we made a Wimpolo reference on the on the Twitter one today that I got I got a pop uh, Kung Pao enter the fist uh, reference that 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 got got a response. So you know we're just we're finding new new areas here. You know that we're kind of you know we're we're we are the new intellectual frontier of Islanders podcasting. And thank you both for your. Uh, for, for lending your, your genius uh, to, to, to it here. Awesome, man. Thank you for having us. Really appreciate it. Let's go, Islanders, baby. Peace.
Let's do it. Let's buddy. fucking go, Islanders. Let's go, Isles.